morning. Hey everybody, Dr. Bilo here and welcome back. Welcome back to the UC vlog. It is 2023. It is 8 a.m. on a Tuesday. I have got my Nebby Pittsburgh coffee mug. For those of you that don't know what Nebby means, I feel bad for you. <laughs> if you do know what Nebby means, um, you can uh, post it in the comments, right? It's all the algorithms say to engage, get people to engage. So there you go. Say hi, Christina. Say good morning. She's back there on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know if everyone saw her on the Instagram page. But, um, but we are live on both Facebook and Instagram, and we're going to talk about the top three ingredients to delivering an excellent upper cervical adjustment. So if you care about this as a topic, um, you're going to have to keep it down a bit. If you care about this as a topic, make sure you tag a friend, invite them, um, or share this later after the fact. Um, this is not going to be a dogmatic conversation with Mal. BJ said we're the top three ingredients. These are just... You know, I get the question a lot. And so from my perspective, what are some of my top ingredients to delivering an effective and quality upper cervical adjustment? That's what we're gonna talk about today. Um, real quick, if you have to pop off, I wanna let you know some exciting news before we get started on the vlog today. Um, February 10th, we're gonna have another webinar. It's gonna be about internal marketing and branding. So I think that'll be pretty cool. And then um, I'm real excited. The big thing is that on March 24 to 26, the last weekend in March, I'm going to be down at Sherman College of Chiropractic. We're going to be doing an upper cervical boot camp for doctors and students interested in learning about upper cervical. It's going to be hands-on. It's going to be covering a lot of the most important fundamentals that um, that is in the practice of upper cervical. So thermal pattern, postural and palpatory assessments, listings, and yes, the first thing that we're going to talk about in terms of the top three contact point. So just mark those dates down, save those dates, March 24 to 26 and, um, and, and, and February 10 for the next webinar. Um, so with that said, I've given a couple minutes, I've done my preamble. If you're not with us now, too bad. We're getting started. And if you have any questions about this, about these um, important ingredients, um, let me know. So here we go. Number one, top thing for me is um, contact point. You know, the it, it sounds like a simple concept, but if you don't have a firm contact point or an accurate contact point, um, you're gonna be you're gonna be in trouble. Um, in toggle blare and knee chest, um, and possibly is in NUCA as well, but I'm not a NUCA practitioner, so I can't speak for NUCA. But in the segmental techniques, much like the full spine techniques, if you don't have a firm tissue pull, if the joint is not primed or taken to tension, then in a lot of ways, you're gonna be hitting it like a piston and you're gonna be punching their neck as opposed to facilitating an adjustment, right? So in, in side posture, Blair and toggle work, the joint is not taken to tension. So we're not, you know, rotating the neck, we're not laterally bending, we're not putting them in knee chest in rotation. We're also not priming them from an orthogonal standpoint with the shoulders or the shoulders twisted or tilted or the head tilted. There's no there's no fulcrums involved in toggle and knee chest, or excuse me, toggle or blare. And so for us, it becomes critically important that 
we have a very um, solid, definite contact point that we take out all of the tissue slack through a very quality tissue pull. Um, I am a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of the tissue pull being in the direction of correction. I'm not a big fan of tissue pulling opposite and then your adjustment going in the opposite direction. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll see that where a tissue pull say is clockwise and then the adjustment is counterclockwise or vice versa. Um, I am a fan of a tissue pull in the same direction that your correction is going to go. So that way you take out all of the tissue slack. So when you go to give that adjustment, there's nowhere for the bone to run and hide. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's your adjusting forces are gonna go straight and resonate straight to the bone and aren't going to be dissipated in, in tissue slack. See what I'm saying? And so it, while it may sound simplistic, you know, success and is in the simplicity, right? It's simplicity on the other side of complexity. You better have a very good contact point and a tissue pull that takes out the slack my internet. I don't know why my internet decided to just crap out on Instagram, but we're back. Um, so after you take the tissue pull and you take your contact point, there's one last thing um, in terms of contact point, and perhaps this goes into the timing, but in some techniques like knee chest, it's called the set down. Um, and Blair, I teach this sort of like going weak in the knees is what I like to say. Um, which is when you have your contact hand on your segmental contact point, right before you're ready to, to deliver that adjustment, one last sort of priming thing that I like to do is to just go weak in the knees, meaning like let your body mass slightly sink into the patient's body, just a little bit. And, and that's that one last it's almost like in a full spine technique where you bring the joint to tension. Only with this, it's one last thing to really compress the structures just a tad so that when you deliver that adjustment, again, there's nowhere else for that force to go other than into the subluxated segment. So contact point, contact point, contact point to me, having a solid contact point, tissue pull and set down are probably, is probably one of the top three ingredients uh, to delivering an effective upper cervical adjustment. Um, the next thing, the next thing is timing. Um, timing kind of goes along with that last set down, right? Where you, where you kind of lower your adjusting device, your adjusting mechanism onto the patient. Um, Timing is something that, you know, I guess like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quote BJ or be dogmatic about the conversation, but you know, BJ did talk a lot about, um, what did BJ talk about? He talked about in the beginning, the patient is contracted and the doctor is relaxed and then the patient relaxes and that's when the doctor contracts and delivers the adjustment. And then the patient contracts and the doctor relaxes. Um, so in a similar vein, I think timing is really important, but I'm going to give you a slight, um, trick answer, I suppose, to timing. 
when I'm saying timing, I'm saying the timing of the adjustment, meaning only adjusting the patient when they're actually subluxated. And again, this may seem like an obvious thing and success is in the simplicity of this conversation, but if you adjust somebody when they are not subluxated, you are, it is a recipe for disaster, right? Best case scenario, your indicators will not change. Right? So those are the people that like, you scan them before, you scan them after, you leg check before, you leg check after, and you don't get the changes afterwards. And you're like, ah, oh, rats, I must not have delivered a great adjustment. And in fact, it's like, no, I had nothing to do with you. It's that they didn't need to be adjusted at that time and their body is rejecting your external universal force going into their body. <laughs> so, and it's funny because it's sort of like, it's very obvious when it happens and you're just kind of like, I should have just left them alone. Why, why was I being sympathetic? Why was I being rushed? All these questions start kind of going through your mind, but if the scan doesn't change, part of the reason may be you, it didn't need to be adjusted on that day. At least when you get to a level of proficiency in your adjustment, where your adjustment's the same every single time if you're a manual adjuster. If there's a reaction like that, it's either because number one, they did not need to be adjusted and you shouldn't have adjusted them. Or like BJ said, the body wasn't ready yet. They weren't relaxed, you weren't ready. And so the adjustment did not take place. Because remember the adjustment is kind of a marriage between the patient's body and your external force. And if the patient's body is ready, and they really need the help and the timing is right, you got your good tissue pull, you deliver that adjustic thrust, that's when the magic happens and the adjustment takes place. But if the timing's not quite right, um, you're either gonna get best case scenario, no change, or worst case scenario, you're going to complicate the issue. Um, you know, someone once said that um, the more, or the sharper the tool, the greater the damage you can do when it's used inappropriately, right? So the more powerful your upper cervical adjustment, the more complications you're going to cause if you do the adjustment um, on the at the wrong time, right? Um, because you're either going to jam the articulation. Here's said another way, it's almost like a carpenter trying to drive in a nail if it, the nail is bent. You know, BJ talked a lot about how the atlas and the creative cervical junction is not always subluxated. It'll, it'll roam, it'll shift, it'll move. And think about that like a carpenter and you're trying to drive in a nail, but that nail is a moving target. <laughs> so if you try and drive in the nail when it's bent, you are gonna flatten that nail against the wood, you're gonna jam it. And so if they're not truly subluxated and you deliver an adjusted thrust, there's a chance that you could jam the joint, you could create a secondary misalignment to the situation. Um, you could certainly irritate the neurology, your scans will get worse. Um, and by the way, that's why I think scanning is important because I think to a certain extent you can stimulate, stimulate proprioception and get a leg length change potentially. I mean, we see that with stress and pressure testing, but I think you'll know whether you worked with any intelligence or in spite of it with a thermal scan because the thermals are a sign of sympathetic function and if you irritate the neurology, you irritate the system, 
it, it'll show it. It'll show it. And so timing is critical. Timing, making sure that they actually need the adjustment at that time, and timing, making sure the patient is ready for the adjustment. They're relaxed, they're in the right spot, etc. Um, so that's number two. So we talked about contact point, tissue pull, set down. That's all in the contact point conversation. We talked about the timing. Um, and then the last thing to me, and again, I, I don't think this is a, um, I don't think this is a trick question or trick answer. I think it's important, um, is certainty. Now, my brain, when I say that out loud, the first place it goes is, um, it's not as needed with instrument adjusters. And I would say, no, it is. Because when we talk about timing and the patient being relaxed, um, your certainty, your level of confidence absolutely carries over to that patient and their ability to relax in preparation for the adjustment. And that's a critical ingredient. If the patient is uncertain about the process, um, I think it's a recipe for disaster. I think that not only could they tighten up in the process and that sort of thing, but you know, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, um, but the subconscious mind is a powerful thing. And I think uncertainty breeds stress and stress breeds lots of problems, you know, inflammation, you know, decreased immune function, muscle spasming, all of these things. And so if you are, if you are attempting to practice the practice of chiropractic, one of the most important things and one of the most underrated things you could have is certainty. You know, it sounds basic, but it is such an unlock. And it's to me why, you know, there's this triune of chiropractic utopia in my mind of the philosophy, science and art and the philosophy for those that are analytical get slept on. You know, if you're a super analytical upper cervical chiropractor, you're into engineering and specificity and all these things. But if you sleep on the importance of vitalism and being certain in your craft, I think you're doing yourself and your patients a disservice because I really think that certainty is critical. Now it's especially critical with the hand adjusting because you cannot do all of these different ingredients and not have 100% confidence in your work. You know, they, I remember a story of Anthony Robbins working with um, a famous tennis player. Um, I can't remember. He was famous in the nineties. He was winning a bunch of, uh, Wimpledons or whatever that's called. <laughs> that's me not knowing my sports, but, um, Andre Agassi, Andre Agassi, Agassi. So bad on me. Um, but Tony Robbins was working with Andre Agassi and, you know, he was failing. He was doing really well. He was at the top of his game and then he started failing and Tony Robbins sat down with Andre Agassi and showed him a clip of him walking onto the court when he was in his losing streak. Actually, sorry. He, first, he showed him a clip of when he walked in on the match that his he last won the Wimbledon. I think it's the Wimbledon. Um, and he said, tell me what you were thinking when you were walking onto that court. Tell me what you were thinking. And... Andre Agassi told Tony Robbins, he said, he said, oh, I was thinking this guy doesn't stand a chance. 
his opponent. Andre Agassi, when he was walking on, he was looking at his opponent, he was walking onto the court, and his level of certainty was at an all-time high. And he knew his opponent did not stand a chance against him. Didn't stand a chance. And then Tony Robbins showed him a clip of his last match that he had lost. And he said, what were you thinking here when you were walking onto the court? What was your mindset? And Andre Agassi said, yeah, I was, I was thinking I didn't stand a chance. He had, he had doubt. He had, he had, he had accepted defeat before he had even started the match. And it showed in his place. And what Tony Robbins said is, look, I can't teach you how to play tennis. I can't, you know, I can't, I don't know how to play tennis. I couldn't be a coach for you on any, on any of the mechanisms. But what I can tell you is that your mindset is going to affect your behavior and your, your behavior is going to affect your performance, you know? And again, those of us that are perhaps a little bit more um, left-brained, analytical, and all the rest, sometimes we don't recognize the importance of carrying certainty with us into our work and being 100% confident in what you do and why you do it. And I do feel that that is important and that's why getting together at conferences and seminars is an important thing to your practice. It's not all zeros and ones, especially subconsciously between you and your patient, but even in your own mind, when you're doing your work, when you doubt yourself, I've seen it with new graduates a lot of times that will do 10 thermal scans on a patient on a pre-check because they just, they wanna make sure they get it right. Or maybe the patient is symptomatic, but the pattern's not 100%. So they're fishing for reasons on why to adjust that patient when they should have the confidence in the principle of chiropractic to say, no, you are healing and you need to work through this you need to work through this process. And they don't allow time for the body to heal because they're uncertain about the principles of chiropractic and of innate healing. It's a, it's a real thing. You've got to have certainty. So, um, so that does it. Those are my top three, you know, now if you ask me next year, next month, maybe I'll have a different topic. But for now, top three, contact point, timing, certainty. Um, we're gonna be going over a lot of that at the UC boot camp at Sherman College in March. So mark your calendars, March 24 to 26. Um, I don't have a reg page up for it yet. That's gonna come out later in the week. But if you are interested in getting some hands-on experience, I don't care what technique you do. This is not, this is not a technique certification weekend. This is an enriching upper cervical weekend to just make you better at adjusting, checking and adjusting the cervical spine. If you are a chiropractic student or a chiropractor and you just want to get better at upper cervical and the upper cervical region, then this boot camp is for you. That'll be the 24th to 26th of March. Otherwise, I will see you guys next week. Same time, same channels, plural, Facebook and Instagram, the UC vlog. If you want to see past ones, check out the hashtag UCVlog. Other than that, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you for sharing the content. I think it's important work, the work that we do in chiropractic. So I think it's worth sharing, not because of me, not because I like to talk, but because there's a, a lot of um, chiropractors and students that could benefit, and that will benefit the profession and the patients that they serve. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye now.